Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. It's the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Offering affordable customization on your new home. It's Wednesday, March 22nd, 2023. I'm Beckler. I'm Shauna. The Beckler and Shauna Pisscast. You're here. Welcome. You're here. Hello. Welcome. Uh, it's We're nice, also here. Nice today of. in Calgary and tomorrow. It's an exciting time of year because we're starting to make all of our summer plans. Have you laid your summer plan, Shauna? I saw an email that you've taken a few days off in May coming up. Yeah, yeah. What's that one for? Uh, for Matt Barry's wedding. Oh, very nice. And then I'm extending the trip. Cliff and I are going to Vegas afterward. Very cool. So we're just kind of doing grouping thing there. And then... Matt Barry's getting married in New York. He is. Have you been in New York before? Yes, but it's been a while. I haven't been since I was like 17 or so, I think. Well, that'd be fun. Yeah. So it'll be awesome to go back there. And then, uh, I mean, every summer, I, of course, have to go and see my parents in Toronto. So yeah. uh, we'll try you usually do that in August, there. don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Late July, early August, somewhere around the, the nicest part of the year. Nice. For them there. Um, outside of that, though, yeah, I think that's it for now. What about you? Yeah. We're just planning some camping and hiking trips and... Sweet. We got a few. We're gonna go to Dinosaur Provincial Park again. We're gonna nice. go to this party we attend up near Rocky Mountain House, which is a ton of fun. It's on this beautiful piece of private land. Um, what else are we doing? Yeah, buddies and I are gonna try to tackle a big hike or a canoe trip or something like that. I'm very excited. Sweet. It's a great time of year. It is. Can't wait. Gonna take Bo on his first overnight hike this year. It didn't work out last year, so we're gonna try that this year. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, on today's show, there's a heritage moment. Going to talk about bad pranks. I'm sure you're familiar with a few of them. Uh, a player defected during the World Baseball Classic. A player from Cuba. We'll talk about that. An etymology. Some white girl quotes. A dad badge. The, the, the fictional bars we would most like to have a drink in. We're going to talk about living downtown versus living in the suburbs. Bidets. Bidets. And fun with fungi. Oh, it's fun. Yeah, it is. After your out-of-context clip of the show. That's why we're having this much fun. We weren't kidding. We said this oh, was going to be fun, and I think, I think it's we had blast. some fun. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. We haven't had a fun with fungi segment in a little bit here, Beckler. True. I'm down to have a little fun. Fun with fungi. Uh, this started because of The Last of Us and the fact that everybody loved this show, and it's about fungus, and I was like, maybe we should get into fun with fungi. Who knew fungi could be fun? And it has been a ton of fun so far. It has far. been. Yes. Here's what I, this is, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. Okay, this is super fun. Uh, I was learning about how some mushrooms glow in the dark. Yeah, that blew my mind when I first saw it. There was a nature documentary that came out a few years ago that had a, a section on glowing mushrooms and I was just like that's unreal it's crazy so they use bioluminescence just like fireflies when you see mm -hmm. a firefly and they're glowing it's the same type of, of, of idea um, but I didn't realize this uh, scientists are experimenting right now with bioluminescence and the aim is to eventually make glow-in-the-dark trees that could actually replace streetlights what 
So they've already started this experimentation and they've done it with certain plants, a couple ferns and that kind of thing, where mm-hmm. they have genetically modified these plants to have bioluminescence. And they How glow bright the dark. do they get? Well, this is the thing. Right now, it's not that bright. Uh, with these plants they've experimented with, though, they do last for about four hours. Okay. With the bioluminescence. So a good part of the night. And they said that they are learning how to get them more bright. And they want what? these plants to replace like your desk lamp. Eventually, maybe even be the lights in your house from natural huh. bioluminescence. And then be able to replace street lights with trees that are bright enough. So we don't have to have tree- street lights. I didn't know how badly I wanted to live in a world where the trees glow. Holy like, man. Can I just live long enough to see that, this please? Is, honestly, that's all I could think of is how amazing that would be. Like Avatar. Yeah. 100%. That's incredible. I know. I know. And the fact that they are, are there, making gains in this, it's like, whoa. Are there any photos of the, the ferns that they've developed so far? Yeah, I think there is. You can also, oh, yeah. if you see glow-in-the-dark trees, you can Google it and you'll like see people's different... You know, versions of this, but it's oh my God. just, my God. That is the coolest thing I've heard in a while. And you know what all of this coolness stemmed from? Fun with fungi. Fungi is why we're having this much fun. We weren't kidding. We said oh, this was going to be fun, and I think, I think it's we had blast. some fun. So cool. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. My friend was visiting on the weekend, and he was singing the praises of his bidet. Oh, yeah. He said it was, in his words, life-changing. Japan has got a lockdown. When, yeah, when I went the there and does. everywhere had bidets, I was just like, this is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're so insane. So he even pulled up the website where the one where he he bought it off of and he was reading all the benefits. I was like, do you work for the company? Are you selling bidets now? But the, their <laughs> description, this company claims to, quote, give your butt the clean it deserves, alleviating UTIs, hemorrhoids, skid marks, dingleberries, and more. And oh, I was like, wow. Well, that's pretty graphic. Yeah, that's a lot. I guess if you're in that business. It's true. You can't be shy if you're in the mm, bidet business. No, no. Uh, and... I don't need much convincing on the concept of a bidet. I think it just makes sense, and I'd like to see it become more commonplace totally. here. Because yeah. when you think about it, well, this is how I've always felt about the issue. If like, if there's poop on your floor, you wouldn't just wipe it with a paper towel and be like, oh, that's good. Nope. No, there'd be some water involved, perhaps a cleaning product. Yep. You know, you wouldn't just be, oh, that's good enough. I, my, I mean, my boyfriend we've talked about, he uses baby wipes all the time. And yeah. it's for that reason. It's the extra clean, which makes perfect sense, right? He runs right? a clean but, bee. You but that's wasteful. That. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you think about it, and a bidet is much less wasteful in sure that way. Because it just sprays up your bee hole, and you're good. <laughs> we need some new toilets in our house, and I think we'll do a bidet in our bathroom. And I was even thinking maybe one downstairs by the guest bedroom. Because wouldn't that be wouldn't wow. that be ritzy? Wouldn't that be a nice treat? That's you stayed fancy. at my house and there was a bidet there. I remember my uh, my violin teacher growing up. He had a bidet, mm. and I was always so tempted to use it when I'd go to the bathroom <laughs> in his place. But I was like, I don't want to use. He was like this super old dude. I don't know. It was weird, but I was tempted. My friend didn't think the guest bathroom bidet was a great idea though, because he said with his like I guess his doesn't have the air drying feature, oh, so yeah. he has little, like towels that you give a little. Pop, too when you're finished, right? The butt towel. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, you'd have to have people bring their own butt towels unless you want to be doing butt towel laundry. And I was like, that's a good point. I mean, and even with your own butt towel, you, you better make sure that you separate the face and the ass towels, you know, like. Oh yeah. I wouldn't put them back on the same rack. No, no. You have to always have separate because 
yeah, you got to have the one that just, it's got to be labeled face, ass, just Maybe so you know. you can even have like fancy embroidered ones that say face and then ass. That's what I was thinking. You know how you have the brunettes and blonde shirts that yeah. girls wear? You need that, but for your face and ass towels. You know what's even better though? McKenna's mom was visiting too. She was part of this conversation and she's like, "Why? what about just taking the socks that don't have a fellow? You know, like taking socks, like, you know when you have like a lone yeah. sock in your laundry and like, where the hell did this socks partner go a butt sock yeah a butt sock and you just with that butt sock so or do you a sock get, with a hole in it that's warm. do you leave the the butt socks then for your your guests is that mm. what you're, she's saying butt socks yeah butt Here's, socks you know this is the rags this is use one of these for your ass towel yeah then don't it's not, use the face towel though then it's not fancy anymore everybody's getting pink eye <laughs> if, oh that takes the fanciness out of your sure. guest bidet if you give him a pile of wipe old your ass with socks, butt socks, old towel. Oh. Shana podcast. I forgot to tell you this story. So that friend uh, who was visiting, his name is Noah. He's uh, one of my best buds. Big fan of the, the Piss Cast. Uh, he was one of the guys that wrote that song for us when we hit right. a thousand episodes. Yes. Um, but the last couple times he's come out to visit, on his way back, he likes to stop at the Royal Tyrell Museum. Mm. And he said, you know, he just went by himself and he said, it's so cool to see. But I guess, and I, I don't remember this exhibit, but there's this scale that you can stand on and it takes your weight and it compares you to a prehistoric organism, whether that be, you know, a dinosaur or an animal or a plant or something like that. So he said he really wanted to know what he would be, but there was a lineup of kids waiting for this scale. So he got in line, waited, and then when it was his turn, he got on, and the, the organism that he was closest to in weight was a stink plant. So it comes up on the screen, stink plant, oh. and he's like, oh, no, and all the kids are like, stink Laughing. plant, stink oh, plant. Oh, that's like, really funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that's not very nice. They should take stink plant out of there. <laughs> yeah, All the kids will be offended by it. And then, yeah, as an adult, you're going to make fun of. Geez. No kid's going to weigh as much as a stink plant, I don't think. But he sure did. I think we've talked about this before. But when I was in Japan, they had a bidet at the one Airbnb we were staying at. And it was hilarious because some of the translations were off. So one of the little labels, because they try and translate it to English, knowing a lot of people are mm -hmm. English speaking who are staying there. Oh, Japanese mistranslations are so funny. And it just, it said shit. <laughs> that was the translation for, I forget what part of the bidet, but it like literally just said shit on one of the labels and we're like, deposit your shit here. I don't, I don't know <laughs> if they realize that it's a little bit vulgar or not. I don't think so, but I was like, hmm, okay, well, That's here super we are. Funny. Yeah. Japan's been light years ahead of the rest of the world. Oh, totally. For toilet technology, haven't they? Oh yeah. They even poked fun of that in The Simpsons years ago when they went to Japan and the toilet like lifts the lid and there's yes. water jumping like wa like a water feature and it says, "I am honored to accept your waste." Honestly, <laughs> but it's serious. It, that's actually how advanced they are. They have light. The one we had had lights, and then you you hit the music so you can play your own mood music while wow. you're pooping, and it's a big deal. Oh, that's tremendous. Yeah, I know. Yeah, maybe we'll break the bank a bit for the bidet that we put in our bedroom and we'll really, really make it an experience. Please get one that sings to you while you poop. That's yeah. all I want, okay? <laughs> Deposit your shit in me, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, or else you could put a bidet. <laughs> if you're in a paired home from Shane Holmes, you can just destroy the toilet as loudly as you want. Uh, you won't need music to cover that up or anything because... No. 
of the next level soundproofing between you and your neighbor. I mean, you could also turn up the music really loud and then just destroy <laughs> Yeah, all kinds of noises coming from there. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. These uh, 1,624 square foot paired homes start from the 490s. They feature large bedrooms, next level soundproofing. For more info, visit ShaneHomes.com. Shane Homes, the better way to build. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. I heard this saying yesterday, and I don't know how I've never heard it before, but it's this. Downtown is for work. Your home is your castle. Okay. So somebody used this to describe Calgary, meaning that they really like to compartmentalize the two, thus the reason that so many people live so far from downtown here. Saying that people like the separation between downtown and and their house. Okay. I was like, I, I, hmm. do you agree with this statement? Like, I'm the opposite of this. Every single city I've lived in, I've lived downtown. In fact, the closest, the biggest center of downtown, the busiest part, I will always live there. Mm-hmm. I was like, are there any benefits to living far from your work? Mm, I would say no. Okay. To, no, I would say there's no benefits to living far from your work. Like, I got thinking about a couple... I was trying to think, because I was like, what would be the benefit of that? Why would some people want that? The only thing I could think of is a a longer commute, for example, gives you some time for yourself. Yeah, but I don't think a longer commute is considered desirable. Yeah, that's fair. Like, the only reason that people live so far from downtown is because they can't afford the house they want close to downtown. That's the only reason. Although then, and we were talking about this just the other day, when I lived downtown Toronto and in the heart of downtown Toronto it was extremely draining because mm. there was no there was no escape from the hustle and bustle it was just non-stop and I learned um, that I would never do that again if I lived downtown like if I lived in Toronto I would live kind of you, you got to be out of the the heart of the center like you have to be yeah. a little bit further away oh, for sure like I w- especially now with a family I wouldn't want to live right downtown no but I would want to live a stone's throw from downtown yeah. but those houses are very very expensive so instead I live way in the south that's fair I know I was trying to think of what other benefits there would be like you you get to see more of the city I suppose or have you ever heard the saying the real estate saying drive till you qualify no. So it's the idea that you start in the downtown core of a city and you just keep driving until you can afford a place. That's basically what people have to do unless you have tons and tons of money. Okay. So like yeah. even where we live now, in my opinion, it's too far from downtown. And I would have liked to be closer with this new house we bought, but right. we wanted, you know, certain things and you couldn't get those closer within our budget. Totally. So yeah. out we go. Right. Yeah. That's. And I mean, well, the, yeah, and you're right, because if you live right downtown, you're making a sacrifice and that you're in a way smaller place. Like I, right. I live in a condo, right? I bought a condo because there's no houses downtown, even though I'd love to live in a house. But Absolutely. And I have a yard and a double garage, but yeah. I also drive 20 minutes to work each day, which isn't horrible compared to some cities. But no, no. But yeah. Okay. Because yeah, when I was, I was like, who downtown is for work, but home is your castle. Who would want that separation? I no. can't think of a positive for it. I'd like to live next door to work if I could. I'd like to live in this building. I've considered it before. Just the only busting bad out thing, an old mattress down there. And The only bad thing about that is they might call you in all the time if they knew you were just next door. That did happen. Did it? I Yes, and it still does actually, but yes, if there's an emergency, I remember when the morning show one time, the one of the guys was sick and the other guy didn't show up, and because they knew I lived down the street, I got a phone call from the uh, boss the before we did one. mornings, and I they were kicking me out of bed. Get to the station <laughs> right now! Whereas if you're... 40 minutes away. Wow, we'll let her sleep. Call somebody else. (laughs) 
The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. On yesterday's show, you brought up fictional businesses. Yes. And we started to talk about what the goat of fictional businesses might be. Mm. But we thought the question was maybe a bit too broad. Yeah. There's so many different types of businesses. Totally. And, um, you mentioned a few fictional bars and restaurants, though. And it got me thinking, if you could have a drink in a fictional bar, what would it be? <sighs> What would be? I, this seems right up your alley, Shauna. Yeah. What would your? Uh, you can even pick a few of them if you want. Where a great would you, question. Where would you like to have a drink? Which fictional bars? Well, I'd like to begin with. Uh, I I just started rewatching How I Met Your Mother, or watching. I never watched it when it was a big thing. Yep. And now it's on one of those streams. So it's one of my like background ones. And, and there's. It's sorry. set in a bar, isn't it? Like yes. The, there's you know. a lot of bar scenes, and so just recently, because this is fresh of mind, the the pub there, it's McLaren's Pub. Okay. And that one, I'm always like, it looks it looks cool in there, like kind of divey, but but homey. And I was like, I I would have a drink or two. It's your there kind of sure. place. Mm-hmm. What yep. else? So that one's up there. Um, of course, the three broomsticks in Hogsmeade for Harry Potter. Yes, I figured you'd have a Harry Potter Absolutely. bar. Is there more than one bar that's mentioned in Harry Potter? That's the big one. I was trying to think of that. And again, it's, I have such a terrible memory, I can't remember. But I do remember that one. And it's just, again, very cozy feeling. And like you look in there, I'm like, I would like to have a drink there too. And you can get magic drinks there, correct? You sure can, <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, like, there's lots of bars I could think of from movies and TV shows. But... I wouldn't want to go to a bar where like there's a good chance violence is going to break out. Mm, fair. So that rules out a lot of fictional bars because uh, you take like Mos Eisley Cantina from Star Wars, right? Like there's going to be some violence there. Mm. So I don't think I want, or some of the saloons from the old westerns. Yeah. It'd be cool to have a drink there, but I also don't want to catch a stray bullet, right? Yes. So And plus there's like those old saloons. There's no women there, except the ones that are working. That's fair. It's just all a bunch of dudes. It's true. So, and you don't want to go there. I, no. I think the number one for me, the most cozy bar, the bar that I've seen, and I remember taking note when I watched the movie and being like, I would like to be there, is from the movie The Holiday. Okay. They go into this pub at one point and it's like snowing outside and it's this yellow lighting inside and there's a fireplace and it just, there's something about that place. It's actually, it exists in real life. Uh, I think it's called the White Horse or something, and it's in England, but uh, it looks yeah. amazing. And I've seen that place, and I remember every single time I see that scene, I'm like, I want to go there. But this was the coolest thing. When I went to London, England, and we went to a few of the pubs there, so many of them had that same super warm, homey feeling. Like, yep. it's something you cannot get here. And I walked into one that was even cozier, I think, than the holiday. And I noted, wow. I was like, I need to come back here for Christmas because it's so magical. This is one of those buildings that looks like it's 400 years old, right? Totally. Um, I think it probably is. Very cool. But yeah, that those one. Are good answers. I think that's top. Yeah, what about um, you? Well, I thought about Moe's Tavern, but it seems a bit too depressing with yeah. the bar flies in there. So I'd like to go to Flaming Moe's. When it was kind of a happening place, and okay. you could get it, and I would like to try a flaming mo, the drink made with coffee. That does sound fun. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you've seen a Clockwork Orange, but they go to this place called the Carova Milk Bar, and it's this really weird, like futuristic bar where they serve you milk with drugs in it. Oh, so maybe and I have that. seen it, but I don't remember that at all. Okay, um, I always thought if you remember the the episode of Black Mirror, San Junipero. They meet at this nightclub called Tucker's, and it's this like very 80s vaporwave sort of nightclub, and that looked like a fun place to go. Interesting. Where nobody ever gets older. Yeah, that's But great. I mean, you know I'm going to pick something from Lord of the Rings. I Yep. And it's going to be the Green Dragon in Hobbiton. I almost put that one on my list because I wanted to I get, been I wanted to earn brownie points <laughs> from you, but I agree. There are quite a few uh, bars mentioned and pubs mentioned in Lord of the Rings, but yep. some of them are, again, they're in places where 
It's a little seedier. Violence might break out. Not in Hobbiton. Everyone's just singing and dancing and drinking and having a good time. So there's a bar in Toronto called Bar Raval. And you should look it up because it's so cool. And it has a very Hobbitesque, uh, R-A-V-A-L, Bar Raval. And the woodwork and stuff in there is pretty damn cool. That's incredible. And it's one of the closest to the kind of Lord of the Rings, Hobbiton type feel you can get in a bar, I think. And I went there once and I was just like, where am I? It was incredible. That is so cool. My buddy was just in New Zealand and said you can go to the set where they filmed the Hobbiton scenes and you can have a drink in the prance. Oh, yeah. In the... In the Green Dragon, but I think they move you out of there pretty quickly. You can't post up for the whole night. Oh, that's too bad. So, Bar Ravel it is then. There you go. Very cool. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. I've got a dad badge for you. Okay. This one's a collector's item now, though, because it's an obsolete dad badge. Oh, we've never had one of those No, before. we haven't. Yeah, put this one, you know. An old-timey dad badge. Hoist it to the rafters. Uh, the dad badge for calling your son a pet name like Champ or Sport. Mmm, okay. Like, this was an old-fashioned thing for sure, and you see it still in movies and old TV shows and stuff, where you're, how's it going, champ? Like It's a very, like, 1950s American totally dream is. type thing, isn't what it? What happened to that? Like, why did we stop doing that? Where did champ or sport even come from? Sport seems very British to me. Is sport short for, like, good sport, and then you just say your sport, your sport you know? Yeah, old sport. Low sport. A, he's a sporting fellow. Yeah, seems like very British. It seems very straight. Champ is something that now I think is used sarcastically more so than anything else. Like I'll say that to friends who do something <laughs> real stupid, like "Good job, Champ." <laughs> but that's kind of where it ends. What it about just, Slugger? Slugger is another good that's one. That's like what what your friendly dentist says to you. Yeah. Hey there, Slugger. You've been brushing well, right? <laughs> but nobody uses those anymore. Little, punch, little playful little punch in the arm. Kiddo maybe is the only one that's kind of used out, but I don't really put that in the same category. You know, and even kiddo, I think, is kind of by the wayside. I I agree with you. Um, I use like buddy and pal. Yes. For my kids, and yeah. I wonder if one day that will be archaic as well. If that I will bet seem you will like, be. you know, fifty years from now, it's gonna be like that's not gonna sound too old fashioned. Even saying also. buddy now sounds a little bit. Weird. Like, book, you get your shoes on, buddy? Like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, and even, you're right. And like, say, I'm not your buddy guy. That's what your son <laughs> not says your right guy, back. friend. You're, <laughs> you're, you're two-year-old with a lisp that says it that way? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a bizarre one. It is a weird one. Yeah, um, but it's gone. It's gone. It it's, it's, it's almost like how um, you talked about the TV trope of how TV dads always call their son, son. son. Yeah. Well, listen here, son, you know? Again, doesn't Sport, really happen anymore. kiddo, champ. Yeah. Now we just call them names? Is that mm. what we do? Yeah. What do you say to your... What do we use as a term of endearment anymore? Nothing? Maybe just kid? Nothing. Get over here, kid. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. I feel like we've gone pretty hard on the white girl quotes this week so far, but... Uh, well, there's a lot of them. Yeah, they keep getting submitted to us. And if happens. they're good, we got to pass them along. Totally. Uh, this one is from front of the show, Ross. He saw this one in his gym, stenciled on a mirror there. Oh, good. Said, be beautiful. But like, be you, be yourself, be, be you, you, and you'll be beautiful. You is beautiful. Oh, <laughs> that's good. That's a nice noise. Oh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, cool. This one is just one that I've come across in my own travels. You've probably seen it too. Uh, keep your squats low and your standards high. Yes. Yeah, I've seen that for sure. Big time girl boss energy there. Yeah. Girl totally. boss. Definitely. Big girl boss energy. And then I got this funny voice memo from friend of the show. 
Thank you for using the voice memo feature. I love that. So I've been listening to your and Shauna's podcast for a while because I'm finishing up a mat leave and looking for jobs. So I just got this job and I shit you not, they sent me this email, my new boss, and it says to pick one of these phrases and send it back to him. And everyone has to pick one. And it's a list of like 20 white girl quotes or whatever you whatever you guys call them like out of this list <laughs> I'm supposed to pick one these are some of the examples never never give up collect beautiful moments go for wow. it never stop dreaming <laughs> what's stopping you you're wildly capable and I'm supposed to pick one of these and, and send it back to them. My Lord. Yeah. yeah. Good, start, good start at the new job. Holy. Like, <laughs> I said, which don't, don't keep us waiting. Which did you pick? Yeah. She said, because she's a new mom and her mental state, she wanted to go with one day at a time. Okay. Good. So that kind of reflects where she's at right now. Wow. Um. But she ended up picking a different one, which was it? It's the little things or something? I don't know. Oh, they all kind of blend oh, together, oh, don't they? It hurts my brain. Uh, okay. Enjoy the little things is what she ended up picking. I was very partial to collect, collect, right? What was it? Co collect something moments, did she say? Yeah, I don't collect. know. Some. Never, never give up. Collect beautiful moments. Collect beautiful Collect moments. Beautiful moments. Uh, As she said them, I instantly blocked them out. That's what just <laughs> happened there. So I actually don't remember. I have no recollection. Uh, Would you like to see my collection of beautiful moments? God. How many uh, How many pairs of Hunter rubber boots out of 10 do you give this one, Shauna, on the white girl scale? I'm gonna give how many pairs of $180 rubber boots? <laughs> Out of ten. Nine. Yeah. How many long winter fart chimney jackets out of ten? Nine. 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 Nine of them. Collect beautiful moments. Oh. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Etymology with Shauna. This is kind of a cool one. It's a dinosaur etymology. Well, technically it's not a dinosaur, but from that era. Pterodactyl. Okay. And where that word came from. Okay. So uh, it comes from the Greek words pteron, which means wing. And dactylos, which means finger. So it actually means wing finger. I knew the tarot one. Yeah. Because I think we've talked about the etymology of helicopter yep. before. And people think it's like helicopter. Nope. But it's actually helico pter, yep. right? And pter means, uh, yeah, it means spiral wing. That's what helicopter okay. means. Uh, so similar. But the word dactyl is also used in poetry. Um, and it means a combination of syllables that goes long, short, short. And that's because when you look at your finger, it has three joints, the long one and then short and short. Oh. So they named that poetry term after the same thing, dactyl, which is finger. So that's kind of cool as well. Uh, also, side note, the Greeks used the same word to describe toes as fingers for a while. So dactyl meant both toes and fingers. And that's where we got the name date from when it comes to that date, the food that you eat, mm -hmm. the little dates, because they look like toes. So they named them that because they thought, oh, those things resemble the look of toes. So we're going to name them toes, essentially. So that's disturbing. <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to eat a date ever again. Just back to the part about where you said they had the, they had the same word for fingers and toes. Yeah. I mean, if you looked at like your toes, 
My toes you look identical. You got, you got figure toes, I got right? figure toes, yeah. yeah got they can long toes. They can scurry up trees. I can grab things with them. Pick Those a dime toes up off are, the floor? Totally, yeah. yeah. If you, if I ever like lose a finger, I was wondering if maybe they could replace it with one of my toes. Sure, they could. Because it's it would do the same feature. Like, it would do the same thing, so. Get a load of the dactyls on this girl. Yeah, maybe. Maybe the Greeks back then also had long finger-like <laughs> toes. So Etymology with Shauna. The Fangler and Shauna Podcast. So the World Baseball Classic wrapped up last night. Japan yeah, it did. beat the U.S. 3-2 for their third title. Um, there was a story from earlier in the tournament, though. I don't know if you saw this headline. Cuban catcher Ivan Prieto reportedly did not join the rest of the team on the flight back to the island, apparently becoming the first Cuban player ever to defect during the World Baseball Classic. Wow. So Cuba was eliminated. Uh, the team got on the plane to go back to Cuba, and he wasn't there. And players have defected before, but yes. not during the World Baseball Classic. Correct. Yeah, Cuban ballplayers have been defecting since like the 60s, yeah. I think. There's been a few hundred of them, including some of the biggest names in Major League Baseball. And since then, there have been you know agreements here and there between Cuba and the U.S. or between the baseball organizations in the two countries to allow players to come and go. But I don't yeah. know how effective that is because there are still players who are defecting. Interesting. Um, hmm. But yeah. This wow. guy was... Uh, Decided to go. Yeah, he saw his opportunity, and he took it. You can't really blame a fella for doing that. No, he can't. Wants a better life for himself, so there you go. What would Buck and Pat have to say about that? It's a beautiful night for the ballpark for the World Baseball Classic, Cuba versus the United States here in Miami. Ivan Prieto steps up to the plate. Swinging a drive into right. Oh, that's deep. Prieto rounds first, trying to turn this into a double. Buck, where, where is he going? Well, he reached second base, and he's just going to keep on running. Does he have to poop, or...? He's running across the field. He's going to hop the outfield wall. He's through a fire exit, and he is gone. I believe we just saw a player defect, Tabby. I'm guessing he's not going to be on the plane back to Cuba, Buck. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. I don't know if you've heard about this, but people are Uber-eatsing random food to houses in different neighborhoods around the country right now. So, Really? Just random-ass stuff like a bottle of water here, a cup of gravy there, and people are just showing up, and they're looking in their doorstep, and there's just this food that they never paid for, and somebody else paid for it, and it's just on their, on their porch. For what? This is what I don't like. <laughs> What's the reason for that? This kind of screams dumb kids bored as hell thinking it's funny. Yeah. Maneuvers like that's what this like. Oh, let's order a KFC gravy to this person. It's going to be hilarious. But then I got thinking <laughs> about it. I was like, first of all, not funny. Not really. really no, it's like, oh, I got you good. Yeah. Uh, did you? Well, you but you're okay. paying for it also. So like it. Joke's on you. To cost like a KFC bucket of something like that. It would cost like 10 bucks. With delivery fees and everything that goes along with it. Like, this is an expensive, dumb prank. So what is actually happening I don't here? know. I don't really get it. Like, when we were get it. growing up, people would order, like, we'd order pizza to friends' places or whatever, and then they'd have to pay for it, and that was the thing. Like, you weren't paying. <laughs> Again, though, thinking about that, not funny, real stupid. Yeah, not really. And then, like, if the friend doesn't want to pay, then the driver is inconvenienced. That's it, right? And- like, looking back at that stuff, you're like, this is really dumb. Come yeah. to think of it, every prank, though, that we did as kids was really stupid. Like, they Most weren't of funny. Were. You know? Like, yeah. all the things, like, even prank calls, you think it's funny? It wasn't funny. <laughs> like, Depends who's in your group. If you got someone who's really funny, they could be funny. I suppose so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, 
We forked a friend's lawn once. You what? We forked it. You take a bunch of those the recyclable forks, yeah. the plastic forks, and we covered their lawn in plastic forks. Why? I don't know if they are that recyclable. Yeah. I like I don't you're right. Sorry, not recyclable. <laughs> but those forks we put all over a friend's lawn. Why? I don't like, know. Looking back, that's the dumbest thing ever. And we thought it was hilarious. Just all these forks. She came outside and her lawn was covered in plastic forks. I think, yeah, at the time, <laughs> I don't know, your brain isn't fully developed. It's got to be something like that. Like, it's, and I think honestly. In, in hindsight, I mean, it seems super wasteful. Yes. Well, that's a lot of plastic. Oh We're my a little God, more conscious yeah. of that now, aren't we? Sure are. Or even like I've seen some of the office pranks, like, you know, where they'll fill up a bunch of cups of water and put it in someone's office. The other thing is like that takes you longer than it takes the person to clean it up. Yes. So wrapping the entire thing in wrapping paper yeah, like that. Yeah, aluminum that's... foil. Like who's the joke on? That yeah. took you longer to do than it'll take them to undo. Spraying so... like glue into the middle of a donut and... <laughs> Oh, that's uh, kind of funny. That one's maybe. That one's kind of funny. <laughs> Perhaps. But honestly, yeah, I guess pranks as a whole are a bit of a strange thing, aren't they? There's good pranks and bad there pranks. Is, We've yeah. listed a lot of bad pranks we here sure today. We sure have. Yeah. yeah. Don't fork people. The and Shauna Podcast. A Calgary Heritage Moment. The St. Patrick's Day just passing, it's fun to remember one of the legendary watering holes that used to exist in Calgary. A place famous for their St. Patty's celebrations, in fact, the Shamrock Hotel. The Shamrock was located in the neighborhood of Ramsey, just down from where Dandy Brewing sits today. Originally a hotel built by Burns Meats to house their workers and those of CP Rail, it became home to a local bar that attracted people from all walks of life. The pub was opened by William Cummins, a local harness maker at the time who made harnesses for two of the gentlemen who started the Calgary Stampede, Patrick Burns of Burns Meats and A.E. Cross. William boarded horses in the same building as what was then known as the Shamrock Cafe. The cafe opened in 1923 with the pub officially opening a year later. This was the year prohibition was lifted so the hotel could officially acquire a beer license and that it did. The name The Shamrock came from William Cummins' Irish heritage, and their St. Patrick's Day celebrations appropriately matched their name. The Shamrock Hotel was the first place to dye their beer green, and as a result became a staple for St. Patty's celebrations. Everyone seemed to know each other there, and if you were a newbie, you were welcomed with open arms. There was even a group of older men who declared themselves the Shamrock Seniors. They helped fundraise for local families in need. Local lore discusses a bus driver along the Ogden route who would often stop in at the Shamrock Hotel for a quick nip before continuing on his route, leaving passengers on the bus while he did so. He then returned to the bus where he'd promptly light a dart as smoking on the bus was allowed back then. Cummins and his family ran the bar until he passed in 1933. Once he died, his family was concerned they wouldn't be able to keep the hotel afloat, and this is when A.E. Cross, famous stampede creator, stepped in to help the Cummins keep their business. At this time, Cummins' family, including his late wife's mother and 11 aunts, took ownership of the pub, and they ran it until the 1970s when most of them had then passed. By then, the Shamrock had also become famous for hosting live bands, with Doug and the Slugs, Prism, Harlequin, and Sweeney Todd all making appearances, among hundreds of others. But things at the Shamrock had started to change. The pub became a little seedy, at one point transforming into a strip joint, but the final nail in the coffin, it seems, was the green line, as the property sits along the route of the future LRT. The door was finally shut in 2015, 95 years after its original construction. This has been a Calgary Heritage Moment. 
You've been listening to the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Offering affordable customization on your new home. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative. X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have Beckler and Shauna downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later. After Hours, a weekly podcast that brings X Afternoons with Mariah and Ty to another level of awesome. It allows you to listen on your own terms. Go behind the curtain and hear the stuff you won't hear on the radio. Like, f- they're going to say f-. Find X After Hours wherever you get your podcasts or on the X app.